0: Alright, welcome to pressex.com.au podcast number 7. What an intro! I'm How about that? It almost sounds like a real show. I'm sleepy. As it just fades out there. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little nice little bit of Billie Holiday to kick you off to start off a, another wonderful PressX podcast. And all the interesting things we're going to be talking about soon. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Ben. I'm Kurt. And we are all from pressx.com.au. Pressx.com.au. <laughs> you Get on there that. now. Have a look. Maybe there'll be a new article in the next month. And
1: just in case you missed that, it's pressx.com.au.
0: Yes. And if you want to email us, Nick at pressx.com.au, Ben at pressx.com.au, and Curtis at pressx.com.au. Correct. And podcast at pressx.com.au if you want to email that. So, you know, anyone that listens to this in a year from now, who knows whether we'll be active. Who knows whether you will we'll even read that email. Yeah. I'll read it. (laughs) (laughs) Got nothing better to do than read emails. Well,
2: I assume this is a year from now, Ben, so he'll probably be down
1: in this luck and be like, does anybody love me? I just did listen to your two-year anniversary Insane Ramblings podcast the other day, which is sort of like a clip show that makes no sense if you haven't listened to all the past podcasts leading up into it. I think it probably still doesn't make sense if you have
2: listened to those as well. Yeah. But no, it was good.
0: Well, isn't the point of Insane Ramblings that it doesn't really make sense?
2: It makes sense to me at the time, and then listening back, so
1: i like, what was I talking about? <laughs> yeah. Your glossary was a bit convoluted. Sometimes. I had a nice
0: little insane rambling situation. I actually um, got to go back and be a guest speaker at my old university. How about that? 24 years old and already a guest <laughs> speaker. It's amazing. You but you went about, did that,
2: did you plug press X to the crew?
0: I, I thought I should have and I didn't. I should have mentioned it. But then again, they'd probably just laugh at me. It's, it's, it was incredible to see those blank stares of lack of care. It was incredible.
2: Was it just you or did they have a bunch of people come in?
0: No, it was just me that day. So um, wow. I came in and I did an hour and a half of talking. I think we ended up in about an hour and 20 minutes with questions and stuff like that. Uh, And that was really, it was literally my insane ramblings. Like I started talking about something and then it would get derailed by something else. Then it would get derailed by something else. Then it would get derailed by something else. And I was talking about things that I hadn't even talked about before when someone had asked me a question (laughs) about something different.
2: At least you had something to say. I'd be so scared that if I had to fill a whole hour and a half that 20 minutes in, I'd be like, all right, so any questions? And everyone would just be completely just nothing. Yeah. Have nowhere to go from here. Like, uh, as, I, as I'm known for
0: doing, I did not write a single thing down. I just walked in there <laughs> just and rambled. opened my mouth and started talking.
2: So, were you just talking about your work and stuff? Yeah, like
0: life experience and stuff like that. So, it, that was what it was about, my career. Uh, I, did a, did, I did a course in uh, radio. What advice say, did like, you give to the kiddies? Uh, I told them that it's a hard life. Um, I told them that don't try to be funny because it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> um,
0: it, it doesn't. I not it just doesn't work if it, unless it's in context. That's the problem with things like radio. It's very hard to make it funny. Um, what are the life lessons did I impart? There were a few. The working life is not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. I, enjoy your time at university while you're there. I didn't actually say that, but I'm sure they know that. Be a got it, student. That. You didn't yeah. just
2: go
1: in and run. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Get out of here as quickly as you can. That's it. I'd be so tempted to walk in and go right, marketing students. This is all you need to know. You're fucked and walk off. Yeah, why, why aren't
2: you going back to Union talking about
0: your current experience? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work, so that's work why, why they don't have <laughs> guest lectures from marketing because they all commit suicide. <laughs> suicide. Yes. We do not condone committing suicide. Don't commit suicide. It's not cool.
1: Anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, that took an uh, uncomfortable turn. Uh, let's keep moving. All right. So we uh, might do our usual segments of what we're up to at the moment. What we're up to at the moment. So So sort of change it from What's the Haps? <laughs> it has a rolling title. As, as just, you
2: know, to jump in here, I've been playing a bit of Okamiden and one of the characters' catchphrases is What the Haps? <laughs> 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 so yeah, I thought that was quite We might be in breach of copyright then if we use it. Maybe. I'll have to take a screenshot or something, put it on the uh, show notes if I can work out
0: how. uh, Alright, so we might start off with perhaps Ben this time. I think Kurt started last time. and I started about five times in a row. So,
2: So, as I mentioned, Okamiden for the DS, which, for those who don't know, it's basically the sequel to Okami, which was on the PS2 and Wii. Um, And it's a pretty cool game. It's an RPG. It's very similar to Zelda. And you're a wolf and you have to go around solving people's problems because, you know, everyone else seems to be incapable of doing it on their own. It's got an awesome art style. This is probably one of the best-looking games on the system. Um, I know I said that about Was Dragon Was
0: this a Quest. PS2 game before? Or? Yeah,
2: PS2 and Wii. If you were mentioned, if you were listening. Oh, sorry. I've- <laughs> wow,
0: you actually mentioned
2: that. I didn't listen. Okay, yep. I'm, I'm really sorry. That's very rude of me. That's all right. I'm sure all of the listeners tuned out during that point as well. So it's good to recap. Um, so yeah, it's got an awesome art style, which uh, it looks like a Japanese ink painting like those traditional Japanese artworks. and So, was it a port of those games, or is it a new one? It's a sequel, So, but it is very similar to it. And you didn't say that before, did you? I said it's a sequel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. This,
2: this is, look, the truth is coming out that I do not listen to Ben when he speaks. Well, that's why we're recording it, so you can go back and listen again. I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a sequel. And it's on the DS, and it used to be on PS2 and Wii. I don't know if you heard that. But... Basically, you're, all the villages are the same as the PS2 version, which uh, is kind of cool. It's all, it'd be nice to go to different areas, but all the dungeons are different, which is pretty good. Um, but it's amazing to see how good a job they've done of scaling it down to the DS, because that was an awesome looking PS2 game, probably one of the best, and they've basically fit that whole game onto a DS cartridge without much drop-in resolution or anything like that. Um, All the areas, all the secrets and stuff that you remember from the PS2 one are there. But then it's a new storyline, new characters, although, you know, pretty similar. And new dungeons and all that kind of stuff. I think it would be cool to have a few new powers. A lot of the abilities that you get are copied from the PS2 one. But the DS is a really good choice for this kind of game because the whole point of the game is to use um, the celestial brush, as it's called, which basically means you draw on the screen. And so because it's like a Japanese work of art, um, just something like it might be missing a flower here. So you draw a flower and then it comes into the game. Um, and so because you've got the touchscreen on the DS, that works a lot better than just using the PS2 controller. I guess the Wii, because uh, you've got the Wii Mote might work pretty well on that as well. But I played the PS2 version, so can't really say. But uh, yeah, this is just one of the most technically impressive games and it suits the DS really well. It's a bit annoying to have to jump back and forth between the D-pad and buttons and the stylus because you're using it all the time. But I kind of got into the habit of just either using my thumb to draw on the screen or holding the stylus at the same time and it's not
0: too much of a problem. It was a very well, the originals were very well received games as well I believe.
2: Yeah, got game of the year, a whole bunch of places and um, I'd be surprised if this one didn't win similar awards and that kind of stuff. So it's a sequel right? (laughs) I I don't know if you've heard that but yeah it is. But, uh, yeah, highly recommend to anyone who's into those kind of Zelda games or liked Okami on the PS2. Um, and, yeah, I'm about seven hours or so in and definitely a big fan of this. So it'd be cool to see uh, this franchise continue as well in the uh, you know, current systems because it could look pretty impressive in HD, I reckon. Ooh. All right, so that's
0: basically the lot for
2: what any other mean? things? Watching I,
0: movies, TVs? Yeah, I went
2: out last night to see this movie, Shiba Baby, Basically, I just wanted to mention it because I want to tell everyone not to watch it. It's at this thing called uh, Cinema Fiasco, which every month um, at the Asta, which is one of our local cinemas, they basically show an old movie, usually from the 70s, and then they get comedians to talk through it and make fun of it, just because these movies are in the kind of so bad, it's good category, Um, and so it's like a really cool thing if anyone's interested, they do it once a month, and... Uh, it's just cool to go along and t- basically make fun of this movie. Uh, this one was possibly one of the worst movies they've shown. It was uh, a Pam Greer film from the 70s. How could a Pam Greer film be bad? Yeah, you'd think that. And then... Was 45 it Blaxploitation? Yeah, pretty much. A lot of these films that they're showing are all from the exploitation genre, and Pam Grier's featured heavily in a lot of them. Um, so it's basically her... Do they show out. any...
0: Um uh, I cannot remember that guy's name. The guy that made. Uh, I'll, I'll go search him. <laughs> he is
2: definitely maybe in this movie. Yeah. But yeah, basically, it's her going around being black, kicking some ass, and not hooking up with as many guys as usual. But that, those are basically the key aspects of the genre. So, chick version of Shaft? Yeah, it's pretty much all Pam Greer's movies are basically <laughs> female Shaft. And, yeah, lots of waka waka music, which that's pretty much the best thing. But there's a whole lot of shots where, you know, just me might be 30 seconds of an airplane taking off. I'm like, I probably could have done with about five seconds of that. It's called filler. Yeah, definitely a lot of filler. Did you
0: find this guy's name? Yes, the guy I was talking about was Melbourne Van Peebles, who did a movie called Sweetbacks... Badass song, um, and basically he was an African American man who didn't so much make black exploitation films as he made black films in the blaxploitation right. about, uh, black exploitation era about black people taking it to the white man, basically. It's it's a very, very, very politically incorrect way of me explaining it. But he was very much part of uh, the idea of... I don't think he was a supporter of, but he was certainly not opposed to the likes of uh, the Black Panthers and... He made a lot of films in that era, and uh, if you actually got something, is well worth watching his documentary, which is called How to Eat Your Watermelon in White Company and Enjoy It. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the name of his uh, documentary that, oh, that was made about him. Very, very interesting guy. Made a lot of albums, directed a lot of films, and I think uh, that film was actually one of the first to feature actual... Uh, getting it on in a film, not right. non simulated sex. I wish you film. could all
2: see the uh, hand <laughs> movement that Nick
0: did to look at the, the movement. I may have made a much closer uh, representation, representation of fisting than actual <laughs> <laughs> sex. Yeah, depends on how you do. Yeah. It. Uh, look, it's a very, very cool story, that guy, and um, very, very interesting life he's lived. And um, well, well worth having a look at. Melbourne band Peel is it's, it's a really, very, very incredible guy. Okay, His albums are absolutely cool. hilarious. Cool. Well, uh, no, I don't think he was in this movie. Or no, involved. I don't think he would have been because he wasn't as much a fan of the black exploitation as black power. Right. Fair That's enough. The way to put it. It's, it's incredible. Three white boys talking about black power. <laughs> it just—it just sounds horrible coming out of my mouth. Every time I say stuff yeah. like that, even when I'm trying to be analytical about it, I feel like I'm saying things I shouldn't be saying.
1: Yeah, but we're very open-minded. We're not racist. Oh way,
0: god, no,
2: saying. not even yeah. close. But anyway, Sheba Baby, don't check it out. Cinema fiasco. Maybe check it out. Yeah,
0: Yeah, well, actually, a good way to describe the kind of things that happen at the Asta are that with the re-release of The Lion King, they went and took an original print of The Lion King and were playing it in the cinema that day. So, like, there's stuff like that. And I've seen... um, I saw a double feature of Goldfinger and Thunderball and the Goldfinger print was so worn that there were sections where the screen even flickers. Ah, Because these are the original pressings of the films that come out.
1: We um, used to do one every year, the Hackers one, which was uh, Hackers followed by Hackers 2 followed by War Games and used to go and do that movie marathon. It was always exceptional. And then once again, once a month you can go see The Room, the crappiest, greatest film of all time. They're also um, showing that once a week at the Nova as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's always a good one to go along to. Make sure you bring some um, old dinner, spoon, uh, like soup spoons and stuff to throw at the screen. Um, you'll get it when you actually go see the film.
0: So, have you got any, um, any music or
2: anything like that? No, I've just uh, been listening to my Dulcet voice on the podcast.
0: Actually, funnily enough, the Soundwave Festival lineup was officially announced now. I don't know whether you saw it, Kurt. I know. You'll probably go nuts for this. So is this. I, I will just warn you, Limp Bizkit are playing. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'll be the only person left in the world that would still be hyped for that. So yeah, Limp Bizkit are playing. But it's actually quite a, it, it's blowing big Dad out of the water. The top six, seven bands that are there all played. Big day out as headliners. Right. So, all right, quick, quick run through of the, the key artists in the list. We've got System of a Down. Awesome. Slipknot. Awesome. Limp Biscuit, Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ticking them off as we go. Marilyn Manson. Yeah, that's all right. Hole. Yeah. A Day to Remember
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, Machine Head Yeah. Lamb of God yes. Trivium uh, Scrolling down Other bands that are worth mentioning Angels and Airwaves Are worth mentioning I think um, What's his name from Blink Still in it Which is yeah. Interesting We've also got uh, You Me at Six The Devon Townsend Project Coal Chamber nice. uh, Dillinger Escape Plans Zach Wade is coming out for it Mastodon's coming out for it Steel Panthers If you don't know who Steel Panthers are They are the ultimate 80s sex band Yeah Basically, in today's format, uh, bands like Meshuggah, Sisters of Mercy, classics mm. like them, and uh, it's a big, long list, and a lot of other big metal bands coming out. But it's 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 very, very, very heavy That's and very well packed awesome. out list. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, if you like metal, you're probably going to be going to that festival in Australia. This is, of course, for Australian listeners. We
2: saw Lamb of God open for Metallica last time they were here. Yeah, and those guys were going sick. <laughs> if if you like, you know your metal performers with a bit of
0: energy, these guys are the ones to go see. Mm, I think I have seen them live and they they really get into it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: they're, they're, they were good. They didn't have quite the crowd um, going off at Metallica, but I have seen them rev up a crowd like all hell. It's actually quite amazing. Well, obviously the people there were there for Metallica.
0: Yeah. Not there. Quite that's the, the interesting genre. thing. Metallica seemed to bring out these fans that boo everyone except for Metallica. Yeah. Not so much boo, but they certainly they certainly don't move don't, around, yeah, and they, they don't, don't, don't get really hit. get into anyone except for Metallica. Well, yeah. that's always the challenge of an opening act. In sometimes. General. Yeah. Sometimes. First of all, well, what about the Foo Fighters concert? They've got Tenacious D. Everyone's going to go nuts for Tenacious oh, D. Shit. Yeah. yeah, that's a
2: good combo. I'm looking forward to that. It'd be yeah, great so, to just, get um, Actually,
0: funnily enough, speaking about them, I actually listened to the new album, or not new, it was released this year by Holy Fuck, but with a band that are, uh, no, no, sorry, not Holy Fuck, uh, Fucked Up. Yeah. Wow, this is awesome. Okay, we're, not, we're not really trying to swear here this is just the name of the band so the band is called Fucked Up and they're a hardcore band and they're going to be opening as well in front of uh, Tenacious D for the Foo Fighters concert oh, and they cool. are mentally amazing interesting so they're incredible alright so I'm, i might get stuck into what I've been up to games wise still plugging along through uh, Resident Evil 4 ah yes going through and I'm about three quarters of the way through interestingly enough if you want achievements that game is pretty easy thousand points Except for
2: the PS3 one, which I got, it's, uh, it doesn't have a platinum on it, which I thought was a bit rough, because the uh, Xbox One is a 4,000 points, which usually translates to you oh, know a, f- a full game on the
1: uh, PlayStation 3, but not in this case, so just, just yeah. get a whole bunch of bronzes. Basically. A lot of the uh, PSN full games as such don't actually have platinums to them if they don't have a retail disc. Yeah,
2: it's weird to uh, work out how they choose what gets the platinum and what doesn't, yeah. because things like Wipeout HD... That got one. Oh, that's true. And that was very early downloadable title, which eventually did come out on Blu-ray, but uh, I don't know if they had
0: that planned from the beginning, that kind of thing. But it's not the hardest thousand points in a row in, of any game. Uh, most of them are tied up with just generically going through the quests and doing things. One is killing a boss that you don't have to kill, but it's very easy to kill. Um yeah. There is one that is, I believe, collect all the key items, but I think you have to get them to go through the game anyway from memory, so that one's pretty easy. Uh, and the hardest one is defeat the game on the hardest difficulty, but if you, you have to play through on a previous difficulty before, and when you finish, you get given a lot of money and some amazing weapons. So I believe it's pretty easy because you end up with weapons that are to just dominate over the game, even on the hardest difficulty.
2: Well, that's what I found with Resident Evil 5. I never went back and played it on the hardest one, but... I did. Uh, even on the second hardest difficulty, by the time you finished the first one, you could basically have unlimited
0: magnum and kill guys with one shot. And especially kind of when thing. you get that magnum powered up completely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the unlimited one-shot kill on even the hardest bosses. Unlimited rocket launcher was another one. If you finished it under six hours,
1: you could get a rocket launcher that had unlimited rounds. You could just sit there and just pound... Yeah. Right, yeah, which is good, but
0: then again, it is that thing of you get touched and you are one hit away from dying. Right. So it is a case of where they—it's quite good where you are very powerful, which is realistic, as in you kill them with one shot, they also kill you, you with, one with one shot. shot. Yeah. So that, that's that's something to be aware of when you play those sort of games. Uh, the other game I tried this morning was Shadow of the Colossus, which has got the HD remake.
2: Yep. And On so the I team gave Eco Collection.
0: So I only got to play about twenty minutes, a half an hour of actual gameplay. The, the opening cinematic was great. Looked really good, and it was—it's quite an interest. Like, it's so—it it was quite long, but there was very little information in it, and yep. the information was very succinct, and it was very well done. It looked great, and like, the, the music is very, very good in the game. So, did you play any of the PS2 one? Can you compare no, it I, to that? No, I didn't play any, but I actually um, went on and had a look at some footage of what the PS2 one looks like, and it is a lot better.
2: Yeah, cool. I'm definitely yeah, going to check that one out soon as well.
0: The environment's great. That's another thing I noticed. I I had no idea where I was going because I didn't really pay attention and it doesn't really tell you that your sword shows you where to go. So I sort of was just roaming around and you go from sort of wide open canyons into a marshland then you go like it's only you only spend like 30 seconds riding through that marshland and the next thing you know you're out in uh in rolling hills of green and then you're out in a desert environment that's just a big wide open desert with sandstorms going and things like that so it's very well done cool it's cool that you can see all that in about 20 minutes as well yeah i like the
2: ability to be able to see where you're going at the press of a button just a uh, dead space two as well and one i guess has got that ability where you just you know can see the marker of uh where your next objective is going to go to, which it helps especially if you you know put the game down for a week and you're like, oh, what was I doing again? Mm. It's a nice touch with uh, Shadow of the Colossus being
0: able to just hold up your sword, and I think it like reflects the sunlight or
2: something like that. It does
0: yeah. yeah, it does, it reflects it out wide, and then when you bring it around, it reflects it to a point. Yeah, it's cool. And so when it reflects it to a point, you know where you're going. Um, I've done, I've had lots of music this week. Uh, I started listening. I got, I got given this record uh, from my partner. She got it for me for, for just. For some reason, I don't know why, but I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Uh, it's by a band, or a, a guy basically called Iron and Wine. Now, he has, a, he has a band performed with him, but he's a solo singer. His original first album was basically him in a back shed with a guitar and a microphone like the one we're using right here. And he recorded it. And he's got a great voice and it went really well. But he's released a new album called Kiss Each Other Clean. And it's it's incredible. It's almost like a like a '70s uh, 70s pop album. There's so much happening that it's got all these great great little flavors and after a few listens, I found myself listening to it over and over and over and over the week. In fact, yesterday, I listened to it three times. (laughs) So, it's just very well written and each of the tracks brings its own flavors and its own sound and... I am finding myself gravitate towards that album at the moment, which is it's always nice. You know you've got a good album when you want to go and listen to it. And when you're scrolling through your library, there's nothing that grabs you except for that album. Yeah, and it just came out? Or? Uh, it's been out for a little while. It came out at the start of the year in January. Okay. But I hadn't heard it yet. and so It's a plug for an older album, but it's well worth having listened to. Uh, I haven't seen any major releases that I've gone and listened to, but I went into a record store and bought a ton of cheap records that were falling apart and so I picked up these are a couple of the amazing eclectic records I collected uh, Genesis Invisible Touch nice I'm sure everyone knows that yeah. song and that album David Bowie's Let's Dance which has uh, the full version of that, uh, that song Let's Dance it's also got uh, Modern Love China Girl on it so it's a good album uh, I got Kiss Alive which was their live concert after they would released their first few albums one of the really things that uh, Kiss has been accused of, of
2: especially on their live albums is going back and touching up Certain sections, like if during the concert they weren't happy with their performance, they'll so go back and edit it in. Yeah, really.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if that's uh, noticeable at all, but uh, it's interesting to know. Might be worth having a look at. I didn't know about whether they had done that one. I also got uh, an amazing album by Foreigner called Agent provocator which has i want to know what love is it's got that song on it which is amazing so very happy with that so that's what i picked up and i uh, got them all for under 50 dollars in total so nice Ooh. little uh, purchase right there very
2: nice so
0: that's about it for me um tv show wise survivor south pacific Oh, oh yeah, it is incredible. Yeah. Ben and I are gonna have a massive discussion about this. Funnily enough, at work, uh, I, me and one of the other girls stay back late to put together a whiteboard for Survivor, so we can keep track of what's happening in Survivor. Um, who's
2: in, basically? Who's or? in and
0: who's out, and what tribe they're in, and all this sort of stuff.
2: Man, why, why don't I have your job? <laughs>
0: so I should have taken it I'll, I'll take a picture and I'll send it through and you can have a look at it. But uh, it's got a nice little graphic of Survivor up the top with Outwit, Outlast, Outplay. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, Outwit, Outplay, Outlast.
2: So how many episodes in are you at
0: the moment? So we're going by the Australian show. Mm-hmm. So the Australian airing of it because the American airing is pretty close, but yeah, I think it's about one episode in front at the moment. I think there's Maybe another two coming. Well, last time I checked it was one episode in front because we've had three good thing about the Australian one is they often will do double episodes for us to catch us up. Yeah. So you'll find yourself sitting up to 11.30 at night watching it. That's all right. (laughs) That's the
2: good way to watch it.
0: So currently we're three episodes in and...
2: Yeah, I've seen three as well. Yeah,
0: and so Papa Bear is the last one that's been voted off. Yes. So he's gone out to uh, Redemption Redemption (laughs) Island. The amazing place that is Redemption Island. He's going to have a challenge... Will he survive I think against Christine? it's Christine. the funniest part of this season
2: so far is um, uh, Russell's... Little nephew. hands. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so, he, he's just crazy. So basically, so, if people watched previous seasons, Russell is probably one of the biggest enemies. He is survival. by far the greatest survivor. I, I honestly would say that winning a survivor is not the sign of a great survivor because <laughs> often the person that wins is the person that tailgates on someone else and doesn't doesn't really do anything so they're like I'm not giving it to the guy that voted me off I'm giving it to the nufty who was just lucky enough to survive till the end I'd say I say Boston Rob or poverty or
2: someone like that is probably you know my favorite players but
0: poverty was pretty damn good she did some massive massive blindsides. yeah but uh Boston Russ- Rob finally winning after after four seasons yeah that was great Alright, officially we've just lost our last listener due to this crap. No, 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 I don't think so. We've we've still got more to talk about. We've got lots to talk about little hands. Yeah,
2: yeah, so basically Russell's nephew is on it and he was trying to, uh, you know, get away from the stigma that his uh, uncle had, you know, cast upon the hand's name. So he's like, I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm Russell's nephew, but he's got two tattoos with his family's name on it. And somehow he was planning to hide that, which I'm like, how is that going to happen? So obviously... That came out rather quickly, and uh, now everyone's suspicious of him. So I'm definitely yeah, looking forward to the rest of the season. Uh,
0: the interesting thing about him is he's uh, you know he was a wild child, uh, was in jail, and found God. Uh, I and it's the the, the the really scary part is there's there's a girl on there who is uh, from the lingerie football league in yep. America, and she's tough, and yeah she. Plays hard and does all this sort of stuff, and he is intimidated by her both sexually and physically. And it seems like that he is worried that he can't keep control around her. Yeah, I'm and pretty. It's a very scary thought to see someone on there that feels like that it's a woman's fault if yeah. he is sexually attracted to her. It seems likely that he cheated on his relationship in the past
2: because yes. uh, he just doesn't want to be around Michaela at all. And uh, I think his... he's, I think he's twenty one. And he's already okay. married with a kid yeah right and he's trying to play honestly but then one of the first things he goes out and um, says is trying to get everyone to vote against Michaela because you know telling lies to he
0: wants to play honestly until oh, as long as it doesn't affect him
2: getting rid of her exactly so uh, I think he because he's all Christian now he had to come clean at travel council and
0: that was amazing and then and then he went and aired everyone else's dirty laundry at the At just a, you know, group meeting, just pulled everyone around and then said, I don't want to be involved in any of your teams (laughs) and sort of just went, these people have an alliance and these people have an alliance. Yeah, exactly. I love it when all that stuff comes out. Plus coaches there. So how how can you not love the season? And uh, Aussie is. And Aussie. I don't know if Aussie is as uh, good as coach. Coach 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 is just absolute quality. Yeah. Always
2: entertaining. Uh, the Dragon
0: Slayer. <laughs>
2: Alright, so that might end it for Survivor now so Kurt can get back hey involved Christ. in the conversation. Um, we'll, we'll definitely recap towards the end of the season. Yes. You can uh, do we a might, We might have major discussions yeah, on what's happening. A spin-off. Of Press X.
1: <laughs> Alright, uh, this week I haven't played much games. I've been pulling my car apart and and reassembling like a giant big, I guess, Lego set. Um, but what I have played is a bit of Minecraft, a bit of Civ Five, and a bit of Gears War. Um, just a bit, you know, nothing, no long sort of extended plays just a bit here and there. What else is there? TV shows. Uh, this last couple of weeks have been big for TV shows because all of mine have come back. So I've been enjoying Terra Nova. Have you is... watched the episode three? Yes. Yeah. What do you think of The Sun? He's really annoying me. Yeah, he is giving me the shits, but it's the usual case where they'll rather choose to pick up his character or he'll continue to give you the shits or they'll
2: kill him off. It seems like he reminds me a lot of The Sun from V, which was another show of two seasons a couple yeah. of years ago where, you know, another kind of alien invasion kind of thing. Um, but both these kids have no appreciation for their family. Yeah. And they're just trying to be rebellious. And it's that kind of stereotypical rebellious teen thing. And it doesn't quite work. So they escape from their home world, which is basically the air yeah. isn't even breathable. Yeah, it's falling apart. Yeah. And so they go 85 million years back in time. And the first thing he does is bitch about his dad leaving them because he went to jail. Yeah. And I'm like, you can breathe the air on this planet. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, certainly yeah, he's giving me the shits, but But otherwise it's a good show. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. And um, I have a feeling it's only gonna last one season. I know, it's got that real bad feeling, you know, it's sort a of deep down in the gut that it's not gonna last well, as it's, well. It's such an expensive show to make mm.
2: and other shows like um, Zoe deschanel has got a new one called The New Girl. Yeah, and that's got to be, like, the most cheapest show ever, and it's raving through the roof. Yeah. So, with things like that, it just... I don't know if it's going to be worth the uh, return on
1: investment for turnover. but I hope so, because yeah. it's definitely got potential. Fingers crossed. Hey, Steven Spielberg's, ri- Steven Spielberg's rich enough that he can just fund it himself, really. Four million in an episode wouldn't hurt him that badly. Um, and then It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is back up and running, and hysterical, once again. I've been really enjoying that. Yeah, I just watched... Uh, the Christmas special yeah
2: I got the blu-ray of season 6 and the Christmas special and uh, yeah it's as funny as always um, it was a bit much of them to charge full price for the DVD of a 40 minute episode yeah but yeah great show glad to have that one back yeah
1: what else is there it's, uh, Chris and I have been watching obviously stuff like Mike and Molly have returned even though supposedly they were meant to be cancelled and... is that any good or... eh, it's alright it's it's a typical sitcom sort of thing Yeah. just the
0: two fat people
1: yeah two bad people
0: quit that rates really fast. well apparently
1: yeah it's 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 all right in all honesty um, but it's one of those ones that yeah you sort of watch with your partner more than um sort of hanging out there every like for every episode. A new sitcom to start called Whitney oh uh, God, which is Whitney Cummings' new show. What did you is, think of that? Oh it's not bad. I hated <laughs>
2: Whitney. I watched the first two and a half minutes and I had to turn it off it, it, I like Whitney Cummings because she's been on the Comedy Central roasts. Yeah. And she was always really funny and a bit of an edgy female comedian, which you don't see enough. But then this sitcom, I just. Uh, I got, like the first time I tried to watch it, I got two and a half minutes in, and the first joke is uh, they're getting her and her husband are getting ready for a wedding. And he's like, come on, Whitney, you're going to be late. She's like, don't worry, these things always start late. He's like, yeah, because they're waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like the audience goes crazy. I'm like, oh my God, I can't handle it. This is the first joke of this show that you're trying to get everyone's attention and that's the best you can come off with. It's just so safe. Yeah. Um, and all the characters are very stereotypical and stuff. It's just not my kind of sitcom. Um, uh, she's also got another show, Two Broke Girls, which yeah. has the there. girl from.
0: I'm close, I've, got, I've nearly got, it. got a picture here, got a picture. Uh, Kat Dennings
2: is who I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that looks a bit funnier. I haven't watched that one yet. but um, It looks pretty very basic on the old comedy front as well. Yeah, which kind of says something about Whitney, I thought. But, um, um, and also Community's back, Community's and that's great. fantastic. Yeah. Yes, very happy about
0: Community. Very, very
2: back. happy. I've also got a suspicion this is going to be the last season of Community as
0: well. I think they said they weren't planning on doing terribly many seasons. Yeah. Which is, to be kind. it's a good thing. First season was great. Second season was a step up and still really good. Yeah. This season, I'm not finding as funny. i oh, the first two. I'm not finding it I'm as good. I think fan. I think they're, they're missing that sort of... There's there's not enough of a zany character like what Senor Chang was in the first yeah. season and what uh, the, the teachers dean. were and the dean were in the second season. But it's not like those characters have disappeared. Well, they haven't no, disappeared, just... but I don't think I don't think Senior Chang's been as funny. I, I did I, like I, I, I did it, like I the use of the use of um, Lionel Richie's "Hello" yeah <laughs> for yeah. when when Senor Chang was looking for someone to beat upon, as well as Britta was trying to find someone to be able to. A, yeah. a, a person of authority to be yeah, able to was push great, her political views yeah. onto.
2: And the whole slow motion scene. And yes. I, I just thought, you know, when you got stuff like Senor Chang crawling through uh, the air conditioning s- system, screaming monkey gas, <laughs> monkey <laughs> gas. <laughs> that's like, you know, you can't compete with that. And then they somehow roll that into a 2001, a space space. That was parody. good. That
0: 2001 yeah. parody that was really well done. So
2: yeah, I think community is one of the funniest shows
1: on TV at the moment. And just a bit of a shout out to a good Australian uh tv show that i watch um all for adventure which is a four-wheel driving and fishing show that's on aurora and channel 31 (laughs) it's great shut up i only need two seconds for this um i just want to give a shout out because it's actually good it shows the side of australia that a lot of people don't see and that's back the season three starts in october uh mid-october so so
0: if you're in that uh, small uh, demographic that likes to four-wheel drive (laughs) and fish perfect (laughs) Hey, this <laughs> coming together, from the guy who's watching last. Survivor. So shut up, dude. Survivor's like, i like, I'm. Um, um, it's what, what, 12, 13 seasons in. Twenty three seasons. Twenty three seasons <laughs> in. It is ridiculous. Survivor has stayed the test of time. All those reality right. shows have dropped off. Survivor is still going strong, Survivor. and it is getting better with age. Survivor, the challenge of Survivor. As, as, as soon as, a, th- as soon as, as soon as an Egyptian immunity goblin. idol hits Redemption Island, it is going to go mental. And they've got fish as well on Survivor, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of
2: fishing There's, in Survivor. Um, Real fishing. Movie-wise. fishing. Shut up. Movie-wise. Um... Wait, so is, is this just one of those shows where people go around in four-wheel drives and then it's like a
1: documentary or like, it's,
2: like a Rex Hunt kind of thing? It's sort of like that. They're
1: just touring, th- touring through Australia and they do like a segment on Cookie in the Bush and It's not like that. all of the adventures are right? It's a send up or something. It's just. No, no, it's a proper sort of show. All right. Um, and then, okay, so movies wise, me and Kristen went to see, uh, what is it, Stupid Crazy Love? Oh, uh, yeah, so Love. As well. Yeah, that was actually all right. Yeah, um, I like that
0: movie. Yeah, we saw that. actually t- looked quite good. To be honest, Emma Frost is Emma's. Uh, Emma, Emma Stone.
2: Stone. If Emma Frost was in that movie, that could only make it
0: better. <laughs> Emma Stone is really the toast of Tinseltown at the moment. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember seeing her on the MTV Awards and she was the only one on that whole show who kind of gave a shit.
1: Yeah. Well, certainly, um, yeah, I saw it with Kristen. It's definitely a good one to go see with your partner. Um, not to say it's, you know, you wouldn't want to see it with the guys, but it's more of a romantic comedy, so, you know, usual date night movie. And then... But I think the guys will like it as well. Yeah. It's very funny, like,
2: um, just Steve Carell's line where he's sitting at the
1: bar and just like, I'm a cuckold, she made a cuckold out of me, me." and he just uses that word over and over,
2: yeah, just good stuff.
1: And I've, um, just recently got the high-definition re-release of my favourite movie of all time, Hackers, so I've watched that this week as well, the 1995 film with Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie. Is he reading that off the poster? <laughs> no, I'm not actually. It's also got Matthew Lillard in, Lillard in it as well. But that's another great movie. Kind of, these days it would almost be seen as sort of degrade sort of film, just because it's, you know, what the '90s <laughs> thought the future of, you know, the ha- the hacking world would be. Yeah, that's always
2: funny. Um, Especially in the
1: '80s, there was a lot of that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, where the, a lot of computers, you know, the the big Gibson server that they hack is basically a giant 3D world full of, you know. Uh, command script and stuff. And whenever they hack something,
2: it's always in that giant green computer font. And, yeah. You know, they yeah. just type in hack mainframe right. and it's like
1: done. You're like, all right. All right. Yeah, so I rewatched that um, and highly recommend it for that one. Is there any cool uh, extra stuff on the HD version? Or- no, nah, it's the same as the last
0: time. A bit of uh, deleted scenes and stuff like that, but that's it. Cool. Oops. Keeping on movies uh, and again, things that we've seen recently, something I took a while to see that I hadn't seen. I think, Ben, you would have definitely seen it. I saw Black Swan. Yeah, I loved that movie. Did you see it, Kurt? I uh,
1: watched, I think, about the first 15 minutes or so, but I ran out of time and so haven't gone back to it yet.
0: I, I uh, wasn't intentionally going to be watching it. I was actually intentionally doing something else, and my partner put it on at home, and I couldn't not watch it. Yeah. It was one of those movies where it, it's one of the very few times where I've been doing something else, and I have stopped doing that to purely pay attention to the movie because it just it grabbed me. I think I mentioned
2: Planet of the Apes was my favourite movie of the year. But up until Planet of the Apes, it was Black Swan was my favorite.
0: It was. It was. I um. I understand exactly why Natalie Portman is considered one of the best actresses. Yeah, she was and great. And everyone did a great job. Everyone from Winona Ryder coming in and really doing the performance of her lifetime ever since previous work where she was kind of you know out of the spotlight for a long time. Mila Kunis did a great job as well. It was. It was just across the board an amazing movie and really the themes of of the the Black Swan living in both was just an, in, an, incre- an incredible idea and so well done. Yeah, her like, transformation, because her and Mila Kunis look
2: quite similar, it's very good casting mm. and just how you get you know to see her go from wearing white at the start of the movie and like slowly transitioning into the more darker character. And, mm. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's uh, highly recommended.
0: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it is incredibly well done and it really is the, the idea of striving for perfection and, and it is it's not just that but it's a it's it's a talk of what the ballet industry is like as well but
2: it's not like if you you know you have to be a ballet fan i'm not, no no not at all i
0: never even bothered watching a ballet yeah,
2: i don't care about ballet but uh, it really makes it interesting this movie
0: it does it's it's more of a it's more of a uh, personal struggle yeah if anything it's more of uh, fighting in the demons and things like that yeah and it's it's it, you the mother was crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just,
0: that's probably the best way to put it. And
2: there's, there's some nice touches where you just see subtle flashes of something. And it's that kind of thing. Like, did I see that? And you don't know if it's, you know, your imagination playing tricks on you and that, you know, kind of helps you put in the same position as Natalie Portman's character in the film. And, uh, yeah. If you like Darren Aronofsky's other films, like the wrestler or Requiem for a dream, it kind of has a similar feel
0: to it. but, uh, and I, f- I found it, um, Very hard to take my eyes off at any point. Yeah, it really does. Even if you're not intending to watch it, if you're not sure, if you even just put that movie on, you will be locked into that movie. It will just draw you in. But I, I, even the ending, I'm still not sure what happened. Yeah. Probably, I don't really know whether what you see is what happened. I think that's open to interpretation.
2: And I think it's one of those things it's hard to talk about without exactly saying what it is. But was she a replicant? Uh, I think it, you know elements of what you see are truthful yes. but you have to kind of you know fill in the blanks as well there's and definitely whether, a lot of
0: decide whether what actually happens at the end is what's happening whether it's a realistic ending or whether yeah
2: definitely you kind of making me want to go back and watch it again now. yeah <laughs>
0: no it's well worth watching it was um i was a little nervous to watch it purely for you know the talk of it being such a hard watch but it really wasn't a hard watch no no it, it's, it's not
2: definitely not as hard as rock for a dream which that is the kind of movie that you have to go watch something a bit more lighthearted oh. afterwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should get on to some news because I think we've been going for about, what, 45 minutes now on just what Probably. we've been doing. Somewhere around there, let me have a look at the time. So, what's happening yeah, 40 in Survivor News, Kate? Oh, shut up.
0: Well, I guess, how about the, the really big news of the week and something that I actually, like a lot of people, it did affect me and I did yeah. feel upset about this passing of Steve Jobs, the yeah. found or co founder of Apple and really the man that took that company from. Potentially falling apart to the most innovative and well-respected company in the world.
1: Yeah, it was um, interesting the other day. I sort of thought, you know, what the world would be like without if Steve Jobs hadn't been around. And it's not even just Apple. Steve Jobs was one of the founding members of Atari, one of the big men in uh, Pixar for years as well. Like he actually founded huge amounts out there in the in the uh, electronics and gaming industry, and so forth. But, yeah. Well, I was I was looking
2: at my desk at work yesterday and people were talking about it and I had my iMac which you know I'm using for my work and my iPhone in my pocket and then I was borrowing both an iPad and an iBook and just just like yeah all right I guess this guy made a bit of a difference it's pretty insane to you know think what he's done for that kind of technology side of things.
0: Plus he created an amazing meme where it was him and Bill Gates sitting there doing that funny smile laugh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> some great things to come out of that. In fact, I saw one which is horrific to say, but it came out and said um I uh, had him with a halo over his head and he says something like, you know, so uh, how are you doing after you passed away? Do they know what got you? And he turns and he's talking to Bill Gates and he said, "Well, they know it wasn't a virus." <laughs> they both laugh. <laughs> God. Oh, and of course, if uh, if anyone of you are, are absolute Reddit Reddit amazing fans, um There was very early on, someone posted as soon as it happened, (laughs) (laughs) from South Park. So that's another one of those great, amazing things that happened from uh, what What is is a horrific passing. But for me, Apple made a big difference in my life. I probably wouldn't have, have got into video editing or audio editing if it wasn't for using Apple products. And the iPhone made me want music more. Yeah. Or the the iPod. Or iTunes in general? Yeah, or just in general. Well, the iPod in particular was a way of me being able to almost put myself and carry it around with me. That I had every piece of music I had in the world on that one piece of technology that I took everywhere with me and I could listen to everywhere.
2: And it's the kind of thing that I was never a big mobile phone guy. But then I upgraded to the iPhone 4 from, you know, old school Nokia finally. And just... It's amazing like I'm never going back for anything like that it's just so good to be able to have all your music and your internet access and google maps and youtube and facebook and your messages and I guess it's a phone as well <laughs> it's just like all of that in the one device always on you it's just changed the world basically so it's, it's pretty impressive it is a bit sad that even with all the money you've got millions and millions of dollars and you still can't beat cancer with that
0: Kind Of stuff, but, yeah. So it's just, it just, I guess, the idea of pancreatic cancer, it's yeah, it's, it's a, an absolute killer. It's not, it's bad percent
1: fatality rate with it, so
0: yeah, very little chance. Unfortunately, there, there are other cancers which are treatable, and unfortunately, pancreatic cancer is basically yeah. unavoidable. Yeah, well, it's one of the
2: things that we knew it was um, probably gonna happen for a long time.
0: When been. those pictures came out, I know a lot of people refused to believe that they were real pictures of him. The ones that TMZ released, where he was literally skin and bone, and there was a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, constant debate about this isn't him. This has been digitally touched up. Well, even if you look at some of the uh, the yeah, like the later pictures of him in keynotes, and he is really skinny. Yeah,
2: it was it was pretty obvious that he was doing it tough for a long time, Um, which is interesting timing to see the new iPhone 4S being announced by uh, someone else in the company. I can't remember his name at the moment. Well, he um, handed over a couple of price months ago. Yeah, but
0: just days before this news came out yeah. as well. Yeah, so he, uh, um, anyway, it was, when he stepped down, I, I didn't realize that he was that close. Yeah. When he stepped down, I thought there was still a while. I don't think while. anyone did. No.
1: Well, the, the thing with it was, is it was interesting. He stepped down the month that Apple was listed the most profitable electronics company in the world. Um, for the first time ever so it must have been it was almost like he just wanted to get there to sort of be able to go out on a win sort of thing and that's where he got unfortunately the attitude of you just retired and then you die. Tim Cook sorry
0: is that replacement? Yes, yeah. that's
1: right yeah you just retired then you die is the worst thing in the world because everyone looks forward to retirement and enjoy, you know, enjoy their freedom and he didn't get it But yeah. um, and it was
0: 56 years old that's not even young, that old he was really, right. really young we're, we're, Kurt is you know, half his age. It's, it's, not half his, his age. age. <laughs> <laughs> almost. You're almost dead, Kurt. <laughs> it's okay. No, 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 you're half his age, isn't you? What? Twenty five now. Yes. Yeah. Twenty seven. Oh, sorry. I'm completely gone crazy. Sorry about that. Sorry, folks. Maths was my strong suit. Not anymore. Wow, um, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say that it's. He took. He took Apple to the stage where it was a company where if it didn't post results as good as last results, even if they were positive results, yeah. the share price went down. Yeah. And also... So they, they, people expected so much from them.
1: And he had to work hard. He got sacked from Apple originally and had to fight his way back in. He's had a, um, a huge, like, difficult run. There's a great BBC uh, show called... I think it's like BBC's Most Powerful, and it's uh, almost a comparison between Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and who was actually, you know, who actually did the most and who's been the most powerful. And it, it's actually quite impressive because it goes through some of the stuff he's had to do over the years. And and another series, I think it's called Play Value, which is the history of video games. And certainly he's mentioned a lot under the history of Atari and so forth like that, where, you know, he was he was a big player in a lot of, in a whole lot of everything, from movies to computers to games to all sorts of stuff. He's, um, without him around, I think would be quite a bit further back in sort of, the, you know, the technology. I, I don't way. know if it
0: was much as him creating these pieces of technology, but he was a figurehead and yeah, entrepreneur I mean, and, right? a, and a very charismatic man. And it, 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 I don't think it was the case that, you know, he directly influenced no, the creation of these products. He However, yeah. he was the one that gave these products a value in the sense yeah. of people, he whereas people wouldn't buy it unless he was there to yeah. really be able to bring across what it is. I remember days of watching keynotes, but uh, I actually heard that um, this is uh, a person I knew that had worked at Apple, not over in the US, but had worked for the yeah. company and was you know, private retailer of Apple products. Uh, and he was saying that uh, he used to wander the halls and just catch lifts yeah. in the Apple building. And if you were in a lift and Steve Jobs walked in the lift, he'd say, Hey, going, nice to meet you. So what do you do here at the company? so what long-term plans have you got? What is this? What is that? What are you working on now? How is that going to change our productivity? And yeah. he would grill them. And so you'd be, every time you got in the lift, you'd be a little worried that he was going to pop <laughs> in that lift and grill you about what you were doing.
1: You have to have a prepared memo just in case you get in the lift of Steve Jobs. Mm. Yeah, But unless, uh, yeah, we'll rest in peace and uh, we'll miss you. We will. It was, um,
0: yeah, it had like about, I like, can't remember when a, uh, a a person of such notoriety dying has had an actual effect on me. Mm. It seems like when, when Michael Jackson died, I did go, "Wow, that guy, you know, really had done some great things." Yeah, done some horrible things too. But...
2: Yeah. Well, it just seems like a lot of people felt that way. Just you know, looking on Facebook and stuff, just so many messages of yeah. uh, support.
1: And that I had thing. thirty-one messages in a row that were all re- relating to, you know, rest in peace, Steve. So. Um, all right, kind of. Uh, we need something to bring it back. We need up. that jazz music back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think so. Um, any news? Well,
2: on leading the... on from that, yeah. iPhone 4S, as I there we go. previously mentioned, was announced.
0: Now, were we gonna? Were we were gonna pan this until uh, that happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's a, it's
0: the logical progression of iPhones.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a usual thing. Uh, interesting, they went with 4S and not five, but well, it seems like it's uh, not the big
2: jump. Yeah, it's not a big overhaul sort yeah. of thing. So it's more of the 3G to 3G 3GS rather yeah. than the 3GS to 4. So, so I suspect the next year we'll
1: see iPhone 5 and it will be more of a step up. So we've got an upgraded graphics card, uh, somewhere around seven times faster than the um, iPhone 4. Yeah, it's the iPad 2's uh, processor. Cool. And bigger camera
2: looking about 8 megapixel. Yeah, which that's pretty insane for a mobile phone. And the cool thing is that
1: it does 1080p video as well, which that's, like, as high def as you can get. Yeah, well, 1080p is the nice side of things. I don't think people are that... I could be wrong, but I don't think people are that fussed about megapixels on their camera anymore. Like, once you get about 5 on a a phone, you're kind of good for this quick take a shot and move on. Yeah, it
2: takes up a lot of memory to use more than that. But it's just impressive that
1: if you do need it, you can just you whip out your phone. Like, my Motorola has a 5 megapixel camera and it takes stunning shots. It doesn't... Like, to go up to 8 isn't a selling point for me, but it might be for others. I could be wrong. Um, what else have you got? 8 hours battery life uh, for talk time and all the rest of the batteries. Batteries look good for once. Yeah, just,
2: than, you know, the usual upgrade on battery and uh, hard drive space is always good. They've got a 64 gig model. Oh, which, wow, okay. Yeah, that's pretty impressive because i'm so always... I'd be
0: expecting potentially 128 gig uh, for iphone 5 that would yeah. be nice
2: and or maybe even for um ipad 3 or something mm. like that as well
0: well um, considering i'm carrying a terabyte around that's double the size of my phone i don't see it being a hard thing to squeeze 100 in it yeah sure yeah.
1: well if you actually look at what you can put on a 32 gig mini sd card put a couple of those in an array there'd be no reason why you can't go significantly larger. You know, the iPhone has already got so much in it and it's so of small. Of course, but you could add a, another one-millimeter layer and just layer a whole lot of, you know, the uh, microSDs. Is Isn't it a smaller
0: than new one? Is yeah, but a, I mean, smaller? it
1: could have put another one-millimeter and just put micro SDs
0: the whole way along it, and give you 256 gig if they wanted to. I guess, but people will look like small. It's, it's getting and the stage the but then again, th- the phone's a touchscreen. Yeah. It's got to stay big.
1: The other thing with it is, is what you always have to factor in is they, they play to... The majority of the market, the majority of the market are happy with a 16 gig or even a 64 gig. There's only a few people like myself that would want it to be big enough for me to store all my music on, plus, you know, all the rest of the stuff.
2: Well, I've constantly uh, got my iPhone 4 filled up with just apps and stuff that some of the bigger apps, the games take up a lot of memory and to have video and music and stuff, it all adds up.
0: And we're getting to the stage where apps are pitting the gig mark.
2: Yeah, well, certainly things like Rage on the iPhone, it's just such a big game and that's not the only one that's
1: for sure even just some of your gps software can be quite large as well and we're looking at october 14th for the release date with it ranging from what is it 199 to 399 depending on what size yeah, those are the American so right, prices,
2: yeah. so hopefully... I assume it'll be about the same price yeah, as the iPhone 4. I, d- I
0: doubt you'd be buying it outright anyway. No, I know, don't know whether you'd even be able to buy it outright in Australia. I don't mm. think any of the other ones have really been buyable. Well, no, like iPhone first. 4,
2: you could buy it for $1,000. So. Yeah.
0: Why buy it for $1,000 yeah. when you can get it on a plan that's going to save you more money? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'll
1: probably end up getting it. I'm a bit over my Android phone at the moment, so
0: it's... I'm, I'm, I'm going to plan long. it up i pay $10 on top for the phone. No, no I don't pay anything for the phone because I've got a larger contract.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, I probably won't be getting it. I still have another year on my contract, but that means
1: maybe by the time the
2: next iteration comes out, it'll be time to upgrade.
1: Yeah, I only ever take one-year contracts. So I'm happy to pay a little bit up front to go on a one-year contract because even like now, I'm coming up to a year on my Motorola and it's starting to crap out of me. So it's yeah, time to go back to at least the attitude with the iPhone is everyone's got one. The software's simple, all the rest, so it's time to go back and keep it simple again. And we've got, what else is this? A new show coming back that Nick probably wants to talk about, being Arrested Development.
0: Nope. He's backed <laughs> it. <laughs> all right, Arrested Development's coming back. This is I don't, I don't think it's a good thing. Nope. I, I cannot see it being as good as the original series, and I think it'll be probably a very big black mark on what was a brilliant television show speaking quietly now because it, I really do. I, I, none of those people have done anything that I consider of value since finishing that show. P- perhaps Richard Tambor is the only one that's done anything. Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. sorry, is the only one I think that's done something I've laughed at since then. David Cross, everything he's done has been horrifically bad. Will Arnett <laughs> has done everything horrifically bad. Jason Bateman has done a bunch of shit uh, movies. Jason Bateman's done some good stuff between now and then. Yeah, most of it has been pretty poor. Uh, most of them have done very poor work since then. Michael Sarah is not funny anymore. What? <laughs> this it's I, I really think that it's gonna completely ruin that TV. People are gonna go, oh, I still like it. Oh, I still like it. It, <laughs> it died because no one wanted it. Why bring it back?
1: Yeah.
2: I think it was it died because not enough people were watching it. It's not like no one
0: wanted it. No one's everyone. gonna watch it again. It's gonna have ten episodes ten ten episodes. Do you know the people that'll watch it? Are the people on the internet that download it later? Yeah. But it this, is the, this is the classic argument of people on the internet wanting something and then they're not even going to watch the goddamn thing. What they do is they wait for it and then they download it a week later when they it's at the convenience. They're not going to watch it when it goes on air.
2: But they'll buy the DVDs and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's true. But like, it's not like they're watching it when it's on. And that's what people... If you buy the DVDs, why not just make a movie and release it on DVD?
2: Well, that's, that's what they're doing. They're doing 9 to 10 episodes and then leading
0: into a movie. Yeah, and it... it, it Smacks of capitalizing on on a market that will probably buy it. Well, things like Family Guy and Futurama,
2: that's the way that they've come back is uh, they did direct-to-DVD movies
0: and those were successful enough. No, to no, no. no to fam- do it family Guy was the first three seasons sold ridiculously well. They sold uh, millions and millions and millions of copies of it. And so they brought it back because it was making so yeah, much money in DVD is. sales. And the reason that's the same reason that Futurama came back was because it sold so well. And they decided to make the movies as a season. And they also rated well on uh, reruns. And stuff. Yes, um, I have
2: no idea how Arrested Development reruns are doing, but the fact that they I are, wouldn't say
0: they're doing well because you can't you can only find it on in Australia on ABC Two Two. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but I, I don't think this is the kind of thing that they would do if they didn't have a good idea for overall season. You'd hope not. I know things, people like Will Arnett uh, have new shows at the moment, so apparently they're more trying to focus on episodes devoted to each character. So, you know, nine episodes with nine main cast members. And what they've done since then. Yeah, and then the movie, everyone will kind of come together again. So I, I could see that definitely having potential. I'm not, you know, saying that uh, as harsh as Nick, I think things like... Archer and Scott Pilgrim,
0: those people, you know, done some good stuff. Since. I can't stand Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim is not funny. I was, I was a fan of that movie. I didn't mind it. Sorry, I, I didn't care for the... Like, I didn't never bothered reading the books. But it was... It, it, it sounded like it was pandering to a market, that movie. And everything was, oh, I'm a nervous little guy. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And then... It, it, Five minutes in, and they're singing a song about picking you up in their dump truck. It's not funny, it's not clever, it's not a, it's not even smart. <laughs> there, was no, there was nothing. It was just, it was just trash. I thought it was like a video game fan. You would yeah. be able to enjoy it or something. No, nah, I couldn't watch it. I not I, I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's he's about as one dimensional as as Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> I can't say I've seen enough
2: Sarah Jessica Parker things to uh, argue with you, but. I'm, I'm still a fan of Michael, Sarah, and um, I think like that. Even though if they haven't done as much good stuff individually since Arrested, hopefully you know bringing that group back together, uh, they can recapture
0: some of that magic. I don't know, I think the spark might be gone? Well, Michael um, Sarah's character was great as a, but it's just going to be, it's going to be the kid from Jonas in a movie, or the you know, kid from Jonah in a movie, or whatever that movie was. Juno, that's it. Oh. <laughs> Fuck, that movie was bad too. Like, God, was, Nick
1: is fired up. Tonight. I am,
0: I am tearing holes out of the world. But Nick, it's it's basically going to be the kid, the 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 boyfriend, on the show.
2: But, but maybe he's he, going to be Juno. I don't know he plays the same character, but I still enjoy him as
0: that character. I've had enough of it. Quick, let's, quick let's find something if Nick actually does it's, like. It's it's like, he's like Matthew McConaughey. Where there is nothing he can do except for the same thing over and over and over and over and over. I don't know. He was pretty good in uh,
1: Flight of the Phoenix. I can't say I've seen that either. Yeah, it's good. I highly recommended. <laughs>
0: All right. Let's get off this topic because it's pissing me off. We'll, we'll <laughs> find out
2: in like a year and a half when this movie finally comes out. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. All right. <sighs> Something that's actually going to be good yeah, is go. Ricky Gervais's coverage of the Golden Globes next year. Yes. So
2: for those who don't know, the last two years Ricky has hosted the Golden Globe Awards, and basically Cont- controversially. Yeah, basically. like especially after the last year where he kind of roasted the celebrities um, at the event for his opening monologue and that kind
0: Did of. Did you thing. see he was on Jay Leno after that? Um, maybe I can't. And remember. he was explaining what he really wanted to do, mm-hmm. and he said he wanted to come out have the curtains come down uh, yes, and him tennis. walk out dressed as Hitler. Yeah. And then he would hile. <laughs> that would be and then he got go to the microphone and go, too much? <laughs> yeah. And that would And then he'd go, I shouldn't have picked it up from Mel Gibson's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> that man is willing to go as far as he can. They should have... I think they did know, to be quite honest. I'm pretty sure that it was all approved. I'm, I'm, yeah, it definitely
2: would have been approved. I, I think it's the kind of thing that, you know, someone was apparently offended, and then the people in charge are like, oh, yeah, we were offended too. We didn't know he was doing that. Yeah,
1: don't sue us.
2: Yeah. Um, and it seemed like afterwards there were certain people who had said that he could come back next year and then other people overriding that and um, all that kind of talk. So it seems like he's not going to be hosting next year, but he's going to be still doing live commentary on his website, so streaming basically similar to what he does for the podcasts. But you can mute your TV and listen to his live stream of the Golden Globes. And he'll be doing all those kind of jokes with uh, a couple of his friends. He mentioned Louis C.K., Chris Rock, Carl Pilkington from the podcasts. And uh, (laughs) John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart. And... Larry David. David, which, you know, from Copy Enthusiasm. Yes! Oh. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. <laughs> so, that, if, if that is actually the lineup that he gets to do this kind of thing, this oh, could Larry be David.
0: Awesome. Larry David and Carl Pilkington will be the greatest
1: thing in the world. Uh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. And for everyone whose speakers just broke, prosex.com.au is not liable for any damage to your speakers due to <laughs> Nick's loud voice. All right. It's Larry
2: David. Yeah, so that's an amazing lineup. Um, Ricky Gervais is in this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And, is he really? Yeah. He basically played uh, an asshole version of himself. <laughs> and he was in um, Louis's show. It's just called Louis a f- couple of times and playing a similar role. Yeah. Uh, and they were both great appearances. So anything to get those guys together, uh, I'm all for.
0: And anything with Carl Pilkington is guaranteed to be gold. Exactly. It will basically be Ricky Gervais abusing every single celeb and then Carl Pilkington and then, and then asking Carl what he thinks of them, and then abusing Carl. <laughs> sounds like gold to me. But yeah, it sounds like a guaranteed success. So basically, um, I don't think the official details have been released on it. But what it is is it's going to be a live podcast that you'll be able to jump on and watch in time with it, which is what Ben already said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just I'm, I'm just recapping for the people. Okay, recapping. For it's the not people. like you weren't listening. Right? No. Well, after after you mentioned, you know. Carl Pilkington and just Larry out. David, my brain just went wild.
2: Yeah, fair enough.
0: I All right. That. What we should probably discuss oh. last was, last week we were planning on discussing it and we ran out of time, uh, was the release of Nevermind yeah. and actually having a real discussion about what we think of it. Well, yeah. the re-release to be more yeah. specific.
1: Yeah, it's a re-release with the uh, extra um, disc that has a couple of their alternate recordings. And a lot of it was actually unreleased.
0: So yeah. that, while they have released... New versions of it. And they have released a big box set of basically all of their unreleased stuff. This stuff is, again, new unreleased yeah. stuff.
1: Yeah, these were just uh, different recordings where they were trying something different in the studio where it would be, you know, back off on the drums a bit more or change the tempo slightly. And they've just re- you know, released some of that on the uh, extra discs and personally I love it. See, I listened. I haven't listened to this
2: version, but I listened when um, all the court cases and stuff were settled. They had that big Nirvana box set. And it had a whole bunch of their kind of garage band recordings. And I thought that the quality was a bit lacking. Yeah. Uh, Like just obviously they were just demo kind of tapes. So it didn't sound very good. And then the other stuff wasn't
0: different enough for me to really bother with it. With stuff like demo tapes, you really need to be an absolute... um, A fan. Obsessed with the music to really appreciate that stuff. Often... I don't like demo recordings because they just—I just don't really care about listening to it when it's in its early stages because it's not the music that they wanted to put up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes it is different, especially when acts are just beginning, and something like you know when you're listening to a band from Melbourne that's yeah. only had an album out and they've had a couple of demos released. That's a little different. Yeah. Because some of those demos will never get an official release. Yeah. And they will play those songs live, so they are what they will be in the future. But getting back to Nirvana, I think. I can certainly speak for myself and i probably speak for Kurt and I would have thought I'm speaking for Ben as well, that this album was basically our teenage years. Yeah, it was a soundtrack. Or Nirvana our was our yeah. teenage years.
2: I actually got into Nirvana a bit later. Okay. but
0: I've listened to that album oh. over and over since then. So I, I really love Nirvana and I didn't start listening to them until uh, uh, The Best Of came out. And that was most of my listening, and most of my listening was focused on that album and In Utero. I didn't love Nevermind. I thought some of the tracks were great, but I didn't like a lot of it.
2: So yeah, I I thought Nevermind was easily their best album. Yeah, same. I thought pretty much every track on that was, you know,
1: single worthy. Actually, officially my favourite album that they did was the MTV Live and Unplugged in LA. Yeah, that was Um, awesome. Great one, but never mind. Obviously, yeah, for a straight Nirvana album, was definitely my favourite. Um, well, it was in
0: nineteen ninety one, so yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, I, was, totally. I was
1: six when it first came out. Um, which one of my neighbours, who was a very close friend for many years, uh, sov got it, and, and yeah, the two of us were listening to it all the time, and certainly got into it then. But it was only when I turned maybe thirteen that it really got into it, because you know I was, I was angsty and I was a teenager, <laughs> and all the stuff that they were basically writing. Of,
0: you know, about. Sorry for sp- banging the table. The well, story. I guess the interesting part about that is when you're a teenager, you think that's what it's like, but most of the recordings are about why do teenagers think they can complain? Yeah. Which is basically the argument. It's more, for some reason, the album has been synonymous with teenage angst while the an- album is almost about teenage angst is a, a bullshit excuse. Yeah. Well, it's
2: easy to make those mistakes with things like in the, uh, it smells like Teen Spirit music video. They've got anarchy t-shirts on and everything like that. So, uh, But that's the, like,
0: that, that's the joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. that's the, but then again, Kurt Cobain was basically never grew up from being a teenager. No. He was an angsty little brat the whole time. <laughs> I know he had problems with health and things like that, and he had you know, an issue with his back where he'd have major back spasms and it really affected his ability to play guitar. But then again, he was a heroin addict. He was a junkie. Um, I cannot make excuses for a junkie. And if anyone's going to crack the shits about me calling him a junkie, maybe he shouldn't have got high and overdosed on heroin multiple times.
1: But, you know, it was this sort of thing of... We are talking about the 90s, which was uh, where a lot of people... There was a huge heroin problem worldwide, but in, also even just here in Melbourne, they're having record number deaths from overdoses and so forth. Um, and it was, in a way, the drug of choice for... A lot of rockers, a lot of punk rockers around that era. You know, we have. There was a lot of overdoses during that era as well. Um, it wasn't just Cobain
0: and all the rest. So it was a very big problem. But it's always been like that. There's always been, yeah, overdoses since the 60s. There's always been since the 50s. Yeah. There's always been. You know, rock stars have living hard lives since then. Yeah. It's nothing new. And I guess there's a, I saw a really interesting statement on the idea of suicide. And this is, you know, if you're if you're at a stage in your life where you feel you can't live on with the way life is, why why not... If you don't care about anything around you enough to bother, why not just pack up and go... Why, not even pack up. Just go. Just go do whatever you want. Um, go well, out there. Go out there. Just just go into the wild. Live in the wild. Go kill a bear. Go hunt whatever you want. Go do whatever you want. The world is, like, the, the world is your oyster at that okay. point in time. You don't care enough about anything. Go and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah.
1: Well, the main thing with it is... is- in a lot of cases when we going to need to put an explicit tag on yeah, or something when it's um when you've got a psychological level of suicide that's I, the thing
0: it's the psychological illness side of things I, makes a big difference I
1: have it. had a few friends over the years die due to suicide I've got both my both my parents are doctors and have you know had to we've discussed it a lot of times and quite often on the psychological side a lot of uh people who are serious suicidal cases actually see it and it's once again, irrational. It doesn't have any logic behind it, but sees it as the case of everyone in the world would be better off without them. They're actually doing people a favor by taking the, you know, mm. the, the Yeah, cheap it's way a,
0: out. I probably am trivializing it a fair yeah. bit on so, that side of things So you like, do yeah. have
1: the case where, you know, you know, Cobain was suicidally depressed. You know, there was a whole reason behind it. The drugs weren't helping, obviously, because it can heighten. Oh, he was still Taking you know, heroin, really. Yeah, he was, it can
0: heighten he, I believe there was an article with Courtney Love that came out a couple of days ago that she said that he tried to commit suicide four times before, then not including ODs. Yeah, probably. And it was a case of even when he went to rehab, he was still he was yeah. taking heroin up to the day he walked into rehab, and 24 hours later, he walked out of rehab and was taking another yeah. shot of heroin. Um,
1: the other thing, of course, is you got to question Courtney Love. Sometimes, you know, there's still a lot of uh, conspiracy st- stories out there that it was a staged suicide and she offed him for the money and all it's, that it's
0: so hard to uh, it's it's kind of like the yoko ono thing yeah where you're blaming someone else for it um it's hard it, it's so hard to believe that that really would have happened there's someone so famous so, someone in the spotlight like that would have happened like you look at all these people in the spotlights that have you look at Phil Spector, you look at all these other guys, they, yeah. they they do get caught, they do get found, they do. It does come out because when you're in the spot like that, it is impossible to hide.
1: Yeah, um, unless it's... And I'm not saying this is the case, you know, love, don't sue me here, but I mean, like, unless it is the case where you've got someone who is so openly suicidal anyway that it's actually quite easy to, you know, cover up everything by just, you know... Uh, you know, even just lacing the dosage with something stronger and so forth. There's a whole, lot, you know. Happening. I don't
0: think you can lace it to something stronger at that oh, stage. Well, he, was, he was, he was, he he had four times the amount of heroin for a. Yeah, but that's what, in that's his what I mean. Like you could have just changed
1: the, you know, the concentration and so forth. Um, but nonetheless, we'll get off that topic. But nonetheless, uh, back to the album. The album is, um, in my mind, as a Nirvana fan, exceptional. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it was, even if it was just the fact that it made me, you know, I went back and I re-listened to Nevermind, which I do every now and again anyway, but, you know, it was that sort of anniversary of the album, went back and listened to it, got the second disc with a couple of extra, you know, um, different recordings and stuff. It was a really, um, yeah, it was just great to go back. And, you know, since then I've gone back and re-listened to uh, In Utero, uh, you know, uh, Live and Unplugged. Um, and just like, yeah, just a heap of different, you know, albums and recordings and stuff. You know, re-listen to Bleach and so forth. And it's just been, yeah, it was really good to go back and uh, g- give myself a good Nirvana kick again. And it's the same with the Pearl Jam 20, uh, 20th anniversary disc that's just come out.
0: No, it's, no, it's for the uh, it's for 20 years of Pearl Jam yeah, releasing yeah. albums. And it's um mainly... Pearl uh, Jam 10 again. No, 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 it isn't. It's, it's live tracks from... Everywhere, I read. it's the tracks they played in the movie, which is called Twenty. Yeah. So a lot of them are tracks from all the way around, and, and most of them, I think, are unreleased uh, tracks from separate performances with other artists and other bands. So a lot of the tracks are unknown tracks or or demo tracks of albums. In fact, I think there's only. Six or seven tracks on that album that were released at another point that are real live editions. Right. Yeah. Well, I've
1: just been. I've uh, bought the CD and ripped it to my Pearl Jam collection on my iTunes. So I just tend to put on Pearl Jam all day and just play it on, you know, random shuffle. So, mm. um, but yeah, no, it was good. And um, Pearl Jam is one of those bands that have always taken care of their, um, you know, their fans and supporters. I think possibly more than anyone else when it comes down to stuff like. If you're a part of the Pearl Jam Club, you know, in the, the 10 Club, you get a little birthday gift on your birthday with, you know, an LP and stuff like that. And you get, you know, uh, exclusive tickets, all sorts of stuff. Um, and this is just an, another one of those sort of CDs to sort of, obviously you're buying it, but it's that sort of giving back to their fans. Um, you know, they've hit an anniversary and rather than just re-releasing 10 again, which they did, I think, two years ago anyway. Yeah, they, they um, did release it again, yeah. Rather than just re-releasing, say, Versus or, uh, what is it, Viscosity or Vitality. They've actually gone and created something new again and sort of put it all together for their people. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, the thing, I guess um, the hard thing for me is those two bands and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were bridging bands for me. They were bands that took me from not really listening to anything that was considered other than pop. Right. into listening to a lot of other different genres and different styles of music. So I think it's hard for me because those bands were as a bridging period. I don't want to go and listen to them anymore because I don't see them as music. I want to listen to. Yeah. And whenever I listen to them, I just don't really like, I must admit, like when I went through Nirvana, I, I skipped through most of the tracks. I think I only really listened to in bloom and drain you. Those were the only two songs that when I listened to, them, I these are good songs. i I guess it's hard listening to to those sort of bands when when you when they when they took you somewhere that I think is better for me. Right. Like when when it's like um, I guess it's like going back and playing a, 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 a game in the nineties that was horrible. That you know, you found yourself playing better games later and then you go back and look at it and you're like, gee, it's not as good as what I remember it being. Yeah. But as It's always the nostalgia factor. Yeah. But even yeah. on the way over here, they were playing All
2: Apologies on the radio and people afterwards are texting in saying, oh, that song was awesome. Like, it goes back to what Kurt was saying about, you know, if you might not have listened to it for a long time, you can go back and relive it, which I think is one of the best things about this re-release if you haven't already, you know, got one of the uh, previously released versions and, uh, yeah, I'm, still you know listening to those on you know regular playlists yeah. and that kind yeah. of stuff i think
0: maybe i, I liked liking nirvana i right. think maybe that was my problem that <laughs> i didn't yeah. like the music as much as i liked being seen
2: as liking right. nirvana well, it was yeah. interesting that you mentioned that uh, all nirvana pearl jam and chili peppers because it seems like they're going through a bit of a resurgence at the moment with each one of those getting new movies out where yeah. both chili peppers and nirvana well, have the chili live concerts, live concert, yeah. Yeah, and um pearl jam's got pearl jam 20 as you mentioned it uh, like all the, all of those have had cinema
0: releases in the last month. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, well, again, it is. Nineteen ninety one saw the release of Pearl Jam's Ten, saw the release of Nirvana, Nevermind, and saw the release of Red Hot Chili Peppers' Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. The three, their three best albums. Yeah, Actually, I'd um, say I, I think I think um, Californication was the Chili Peppers' best album, but yeah, I was. was going to say that as well. <laughs> that is arguably death, and, and for, I guess people that there's, there's we, we were young enough that. Californication came out while we were in our last year of primary school for yeah. you and me, so it was, it wasn't a case of '91. We were four years old. Yeah, true. So I don't. I, it, it'd be very hard to you know listen to those albums and listen to them then yeah. when you're four years old. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: certainly, um, I definitely found uh, the other nice thing about these sort of re-releases as well is um, even just some of my brother's friends and some of the younger uh, guys that I know who were. Too young to know Nirvana and to to enjoy grunge music, and this has now hit the radio. You know, with n- Nevermind being played on the radio again and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've actually had a few people come to me and go, "Well, you're a grunge guy. Can you load me up with a whole lot of old grunge?" It's brought back that old genre again and given them another chance. Because it's, um, it's also weird to see though. Like I saw someone maybe like 15
2: the other day wearing a Nirvana T-shirt. Yeah. And I don't know, it's like, are you wearing that because you're a Nirvana fan or just because, you know... It's, it's the image. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? it's interesting.
1: Well, when I was in Seattle earlier this year, um, I went to the EMP Museum, which is a museum for pop culture, like, grunt. Yeah, I think you, you, you games, mentioned it on the podcast. Stuff yeah. like that. And then it was amazing how many young kids were going through there and their par- with their parents. And their parents are like, this is the music, you know, we used to listen to and stuff. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, cobain has been dead 10 years before, you know, some of these kids have been born and it's almost like listening to your parents who are like well oh, i think I'm they, they say the music,
0: they say music. you listen to you something along the lines of you listen to the music your parents listen to in their prime yeah so things like i listen to the late 60s music and the early 70s music cuz that's the music my parents were the right, like so the albums that your parents had the you know for me, the Billy Joels, the Elton Johns, the Beatles, those were the albums that my parents had, The Meatloaf, they played it regularly in the car. Yeah. So I guess that's sort of for me, that's what I listen to and that's what I love.
1: Yeah. And so I
0: think there'd be a lot of like at this stage where there'd be kids in their hitting their teens now, that their parents were probably in their late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm. about to have kids when those albums were released.
1: Yeah, well, um certainly it was just, it was kind of interesting since sort of seeing it all, but there, there was a lot of people around Seattle that were wearing Nirvana t-shirts where you're like, you weren't alive during the grunge era, but you know, it's always interesting to try and work out whether or not they're doing
0: it for well, the job because they actually love the yeah. music. Well, I guess you were six years old, but I, I honestly wouldn't say any of us are old enough to really be, you know, living the Well, we couldn't years. have gone to a concert. No, when, and we, you know, we weren't old enough to, you know, be in our teens and yeah. really listening to that music and... Sort of having that music profoundly affect us when it was released. We, we wouldn't have gone out there, bought that album, listened to it, and it made us want to play music live yeah. and start playing music as a band. Yeah. Like there'd, mean, be, there'd be people in there, you know, that were 15, 16 when that album came out that would have listened to that album and started playing music yeah. the next weekend, gone out and bought a guitar.
1: Yeah, well, certainly there were towards the end of the sort of the grungy alternate rock sort of stuff when I was, when I, by that point, I was a teenager that were big for me, you know, I got President's of the United States, uh, One Hot Minute, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers albums, stuff like that, you know, um, even, you know, some of the Pumpkin, you know, Pumpkins and Soundgarden and all that sort of stuff um, was huge for me because I was a teenager during, you know, young teenager, but teenager during that era and that was the music I grew up with and now with the resurgence of all of these albums being remade, it's just great to see the younger generation getting exposed to it because it's kind of one of those ones that almost seemed like a, an era that was just forgotten out of music. Like, you have the 60s and the 70s and even,
0: like, the I wouldn't say the 90s, the, the 90s aren't forgotten. Like, yeah. The 90s were the last era that has still a, 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 a visual, an actual presence in genre-wise. There's, there's, since probably 90, I'd probably cut it off about 96. Since 96, music just blends.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of weird um, pop music from the 90s that kind of overshadow that, that just is a lot uh, more forgettable. So now this kind of
0: stuff is. Baby <laughs> I'm not
2: saying that song's forgettable, <laughs> um,
0: but
2: yeah. uh, this kind of stuff has, like kind of shone through a bit more now. That uh, maybe maybe generic. maybe for me
0: it's hard to it's hard to idolise these bands when someone like the Beatles made music what music is today and every single band ever will be influenced by the Beatles. If you think you're not, then how about you listen to the artists that you were influenced by and find out who they listened to. Yeah. It'd be the Beatles. You know. It, I I was chatting we had Alice Cooper in at work got to chat to Alice Cooper amazing guy as he said Cradle of Filth are influenced by the Beatles Cradle of Filth lists Alice Cooper as one of their as one of their influences Alice Cooper made music because of the Beatles yeah
1: but it can go back for Matt you know the Beatles would have had influences and so forth you know everything is a spawn of
0: to an extent but to be quite honest like the Beatles did have influences but once you hit 1965 Beatles music is unseen pre to that point right like i guess there's the only other the only other real thing is that okay okay so the beatles were influenced by the likes of elvis and the likes of uh you know like like buddy holly and things yeah. like that in their earlier work but those sort of 65 66 sergeant pepper's post sergeant pepper's albums are very much uninfluenced by anyone else
1: other than acid however
0: so, <laughs> <laughs> however, <laughs> however <laughs> if you're looking at something like rubber souls and revolver both of those albums are very much influenced by Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Right. So when the Beach Boys released Pet Sounds, Paul McCartney said, "What, are we, what am I going to release to match this album?" Because the but then again, Pet Sounds was released because they listened to uh, to yeah. listen to Rubber Souls and went, "How are we going to compete with Rubber Souls?" Yeah. So it really comes back to the Beatles and like as much as we can say they were influenced by other ones, their music. You can hear Beatles music in Cradle of Filth. Yes. You hear a riff in Cradle of Filth and you go, that riff was in this Beatles song. Yeah.
1: Well, it, it, um, there's a documentary made by Sam Dunn called uh, Metal Headbanger's Journey um, in which... Thank you for mentioning this yeah, one Yeah, as I was well. going to oh, yeah. say, in fact, Alice Cooper was one of the people interviewed during the documentary. There's actually a few of them now. And... Um, Certainly, even just watching the, the sort of tree of inspiration for uh, metal music and how it starts with, you know, some of the originals, Deep Purple, um, Sabbath, people like that, and how it's spawned down into all the different subgenres of metal. You can pretty much do that with all music going backwards because, you know, metal, of course, was influenced by blues, by classical music, by all of that sort of stuff um, throughout, the era, you know, throughout the years. So it's the sort of case where, yeah, you can trade them back. There are certain bands out there, that would be almost considered not to be influenced by other bands because they sort of created their own completely separate to everything else type of music. But ninety nine point nine percent of other bands did have their influences somewhere down the line. Yeah, I think that's the big thing with the Beatles is that
0: they kind of did create something different. Yeah, and, and if that, you find if you, if you look at in particular the '60s, which is arguably the most influential generation of you know, life you know, pre like the, what the 1800s and the, you know, that Bach and uh, Beethoven eras uh, there, those sort of Russian composer eras. In the sixties, everyone was trying to do what the Beatles were doing. So even if you talk about Black Sabbath, they were competing with the Beatles and Uh they were trying to write songs as good. They, there is no band in the sixties that wouldn't have listened to the Beatles and go, we need to write music as good as these guys. Yeah. So that's, that's where it comes down to. And like, as much as we can say there are other influences, it, it will eventually come back to the Beatles, and like um, I'm, I don't, I don't think you can change my opinion on that point.
1: I don't think Bach was influenced by the Beatles. Well, no, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not
0: talking pre then. But um, I
1: don't know if you heard of the uh, Beatles' famous time travel story, <laughs> yeah. but Bach did a Red Submarine album at some point. I'm pretty sure, bastard. <laughs> was lost to time. Um, all right, that's, uh, that's what
0: that's what would happen in the Ninth Symphony. I thought three quarters away through the Ninth Symphony was going to go. Uh, start going into we Lobney, all live in a <laughs> yellow summary <laughs> alright right, and we might end on a yellow summary what's coming out we've only got a very small amount of battery life and we're about to hit the hour and a half so Okey-dokey. people right. will definitely have turned off just already. quickly
1: we didn't really cover them much last week so we'll get a couple of them rolled over we've got uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica X on Xbox Games on Demand and PSN we have Crisis on same Xbox and Games On Demand. We've got NBA Jam On Fire Edition, which apparently is that's
0: really good. Got some really good reviews.
2: Yeah, something I want to pick up. But one thing to note is that it doesn't have the remix mode that was available on the regular. Um, okay. disc Speaking edition. Speaking of
0: that, NBA 2000 or 2K12 came out yeah. as well. So, that's, that's another game that's come out. If you're into those, I'll probably be picking it up. We've
1: got Portal 2, the peer review DLC. Uh, if you like Portal 2, pick it up. Free, free. as well. Yep. Uh, yeah, on both PS3 and
2: 360. Apparently, it's pretty long, too. Like, it's yeah. a fair bit. Yeah, it's mostly uh, co op missions, but then a few, like, challenge modes, which was in Portal 1 that they didn't put into Portal 2, so that's cool to see. This uh, is
0: pretty pretty big um, challenge uh, uh, co op. I think there's two chambers, and those chambers have eight or ten. Cool. NH, I think. Uh
1: We've got Dark Souls, the most harshly punishing game It's Demon Souls. Apparently, it's really game. good. Got some really yeah. good reviews as well. Um, but not for the faint harder,
0: this is for hardcore games. Yeah, if, if you. To be prepared, the first thing you do is fight a guy that you can't kill and will kill you and you die and you have to then go through the, yeah. the dark world or whatever this it is. This game is a very, very
1: punishing game.
0: You take your time die, and be careful. And it seems will... like
2: the kind of thing that's quite satisfying once you, you know, get. Leveled up enough to beat yeah. these guys that you couldn't, you know, they were just kicking your ass. The Plus, moment.
0: you gotta be careful because there's no real maps, so yeah. for all you know, you could walk into a room with a guy that's 20 levels higher than kill you-, you.
1: Yeah. Um, and from id Software, uh, after a very, very long waiting time and then boasting about it for a long time, rage is on its way. Out.
0: Yeah, they've, they've been talking that up in a big way. Yeah.
1: On PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. Although I um, hear the PS3 one has some uh, issues? graphical issues. Right. Um, we saw a bit of footage at E3 of it. It looked pretty specky. The advertising campaign in America with that basketballer who wanted to be uh, in yeah. Rage, but didn't know what Rage was it was very funny. Go check uh, it, out on it would
0: be Blake Griffin. Yeah,
1: go uh, check the YouTube videos of that. It's actually quite
0: funny. Dude's um, an amazing basketball player, by the way. He's going to dominate. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but uh, it seems very like
0: uh, Borderlands from
1: everything. Yeah, I it's think. it's almost like Borderlands meets oh, I don't even know what you could mix it with. Bit of everything. Almost Borderlands meets the. Duke Nukem-esque sort of desert scene like, sort of theme but it's not as shit as Duke Nukem um, but yeah I have had a play of the demo and I've got a uh, when I get some cash up I'll go buy it so I from what I've played I've really enjoyed it from what I've seen i really Duke enjoyed What, Nukem? It. No, Ray <laughs> I thought you were talking about Duke Nukem um, then. I thought, oh, God. and <laughs> certainly the reviews around are very very strong for it um, but yeah I think that's it if you want to send us a message send it to podcast at pressx.com.au um, maybe maybe this is the first one we'll get some hate mail. Yeah, send us some hate mail. All right. I don't so, think we talked about the Beatles are survivor enough. So,
0: or suicide. <laughs> it's a dark episode, man. All right. Thank you very much. We laughed, yeah. we cried, and we finally earned an explicit tag. Yeah. So, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Oh, I was Nick.
1: I am still Ben. I uh, will be Kurt. And uh, we're out. All right. Yeah.